You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! Who will win Game of the Year? And welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 220. I am one of your hosts, the independent video essayist from Portland, Oregon, and video producer at Dual Shockers. I should update my own bio, I guess, on my own personal intro. Uh, what have you. And I'm joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan, PXN founder, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM. Goaty. Goaty. Not to be confused with Goatsy, which you should definitely not Google. Whoa. I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We also, today, forming out the, the triplet here, or I guess the trio, the menage a trois, the president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club, he's the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire at Roro. Hello, hello. I'm dressed as Steve Urkel today, because it's freezing in my head. <laughs> Did I do that? Did I do that? I was just yeah. thinking about Steve Urkel this week, so what a reference. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. It was. Anyway, uh, no quartet today. Gage is out sickies. He's not actually sick. He's just he's a, he's a hard worker. You know, they've been working him out over there in that factory. He's sleepy. He's tired. Deserves some rest. But he may be dropping by in chat. So if you see him, say hello. Until then, though, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder. We are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN. We're also live streaming simultaneously over at twitch.tv slash podcast PXN. The topic of the show this week, fellas, of course, the Game Awards 2023 winners predictions. Last week on the show, episode 219, we went through and predicted all the you know, world premieres and announcements, what have you. Now you can check that out. Uh, but this week we'll be doing uh, what actual like winners are going to be in the show. And we're talking about the actual awards. But more on that later. Until then, the show always starts with a quick bite. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Fellas, uh, less quick bites today for two reasons. One, it's Game Awards week. And I am now in the industry. It's, it's getting busier on my end. So I've been busier doing stuff. Number two. Last time we did this, it took us a while to get through the nominees on the actual topic of the show, so I decided, you know what, let's just cut down on some of the news, we'll focus on some some of the bigger ones and news of the week, and then move into TOTS itself. So, a few items here, here we go, trailers for the Fallout Amazon Prime series and Halo Season 2 series have been released. Uh, bummer that Gage is not here, because I know he's a big fan of the Fallout series, but Daniel, I know you're, uh, excited for, I think, both of these, so if you have any thoughts, please fire them away. Yes, absolutely. Fallout is one of my favorite franchises. Uh, the games are awesome. I absolutely love that world, and this trailer definitely captures the world very well, like the set design and all of the, uh, costumes and everything looks amazing. Uh, I love the variety of the creatures that they're already showing off in this trailer because uh, obviously the, the wasteland has tons of different, you know, mutated uh, beings out there that you have to fight. So it's cool that they already have a look at some of those. Uh, and yeah, and also I liked how they kind of have a little bit of a snippet at the early goings of the um, what happens, you know, when the bombs drop with the nuclear explosions, maybe maybe calling up uh, Christopher Nolan and saying, hey, how'd you how'd you do that over there? 
on your film, you know. Controlled explosives, Daniel. Yeah. Nothing but controlled explosives. Controlled explosives. Ro, do you have any thoughts on either of these trailers? Um, I've only seen the Fallout one actually, so I haven't even seen the Halo uh season two trailer yet. Um, but I I did think the Fallout uh trailer was good. I, I was like I was impressed by it, even though I'm not a huge Fallout guy. It seemed like it was nailing the tone, as Dan was saying. So yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm interested to see it. I might might honestly watch it. Looks kind of cool, even though I'm not a huge Fallout guy. But that's kind of my my two cents, I guess, as as not being a Fallout guy. Just real quick on the Halo on the Halo trailer, very Halo. optimistic for it. I'm not saying it's gonna be great. I'm not saying that, uh, I'm very excited for it. Very optimistic for it. It seems like the direction they're taking with season two is better, and the comments made by the showrunner of it being more dark and gritty uh tone seems to be a better direction so we'll see obviously but first trailer looks good this reminds me who who what was it recently that said this is oh spider-man 2 never mind we'll see if halo lives up to their promise of doing a darker show <laughs> uh oh uh fortnite news because you know fortnite is pretty huge in the games industry do you know what I mean? Yeah. Massive. Uh, of course, Eminem and Peter Griffin are now in Fortnite, uh, which is just an insane sentence to read, with Solid Snake coming soon in the underground season. I think it's uh, at this point like 50 or 40-something days away before he drops, but as of right now, play as Peter. Also, just side note, when is Homer Simpson being added? That'd be it's sick. Only a of time now. <laughs> only amount of time. Uh, but with the new season and the Big Bang event came the announcement of three new Fortnite games. Here we go. The first is Lego Fortnite. Yeah, the the, the world itself, or not not all of it, but like the buildings and such of the world and the characters you play out are all Lego, which is just kind of fun. I saw a few TikToks about it. Uh, the second is Rocket Racing. Made by Psyonix, the team behind Rocket League. You can now uh, do, like, races coming soon in Fortnite. And last is Fortnite Festival. There's a new, a new music game by, uh, made by Harmonix. Again, the studio behind Rock Band. And uh, I, myself, am really excited for Rocket Racing until uh, Daniel pointed out very quickly that, like, doesn't it also kind of suck that these developers are, are made to develop games not on their actual, like, games themselves and i realized that that does blow personally i think i would love to see a rocket racing mode in rocket league itself um i i, I understand it epic owns them and it's probably a lot easier for them to you know just jump from fortnite into rocket racing you know you have all the modes available there at the same time though it's like okay well if these developers are, are working hard to make these kinds of modes don't they deserve to uh, to live and and thrive even on their existing platforms for their respective games so good call out from Daniel there. Yeah, that's a good point. I I I I was just honestly blown away by these three modes like being available for free within Fortnite. Like it, I'm just, as someone who doesn't play it that much, even though I don't play that much, I I and if somebody asked me, "Hey, Rashan, do you play Fortnite?" I would probably say no, but I always come back to Fortnite <laughs> at a at some point, like if it's for a skin, like the last time I came was for like the hero my hero academia stuff to play as with the deco powers and stuff and now i, I want to play the the rocket league or the rocket league racing thing because i saw a clip of it uh online i was like this looks kind of fun 
Um, so I'm, I'm always impressed by like the stuff that they add to it, like if it's, even if it's the concerts and, and stuff like that. But that is a good point. What Dan said with in, in harmonic situation, though, I was, I was thinking, like, would they be doing anything if it weren't for Epic? Like, aren't, weren't they like kind of rocky before the purchase? I could be wrong. I could be like their studio's future was kind of rocky before Epic picked them up. I, I'm not too sure. I could be speaking on my butt. I was hoping you guys might know, but maybe we don't know. I'm not sure, but okay. I, I know that obviously since Rock Band 4, they really haven't done anything in right. terms of mm. big... I mean, they've continued to support Rock Band 4, which I guess is uh, one good thing. Uh, even now, they're still putting out new songs for Rock Band 4, but... um. Yeah, like the whole musical thing is the biggest one that I'm just like I don't really care about this. Like mm-hmm. the like why the whole allure to me of rock band and guitar hero and that kind of stuff is using like the the instruments and you know doing that experience. Yeah. yeah, and using a controller with just timed button masters that that doesn't really do anything for no, me. That's exciting. I that's I agree. Cool. All right. Where's my run of show here? Oh, uh, there, I also put in the Big Bang event itself. Um, you can watch that 11-minute video. Uh, kind of cool of them that, to do this. Uh, and there's like full footage of like them going through all, all this stuff. Uh, one thing I want I, why I included this as well is that I saw, um, depending on what kind of skin you wore and what group you you were with, you know, it would show different stuff. And I saw I saw videos on TikTok of people who went in as a squad of four wearing like Spider-Verse costumes. And so it kind of made it look like they were going into like different, you know, verses, like Spider-Verses. Oh, and that was kind of like a fun little, you know, a little side note there. Very cool. Last quick bite here. Uh, this is kind of some bad news. Twitch is ending support for all streaming in South Korea. This is effective, uh, effective February 27th, 2024. Also, next year's a leap year. So... Hmm. Just putting that out there because I just remembered. Uh, in the letter to Korean streamers, Dan Clancy says, We will work to help Twitch streamers in Korea move their communities to alternative live streaming services. Why are they doing this, guys? In short, money. But I can tell you right now, right here, this says ultimately, the cost to operate Twitch in Korea is prohibitively expensive, and we have uh, spent significant effort working to reduce these costs so that we could find a way for the Twitch business to remain in Korea. First, we experimented with peer-to-peer model for source quality. Then we adjusted source quality to a maximum of 720p. Uh, And while we have lowered costs from these efforts, our network fees in Korea are still 10 times more expensive than in most other countries, which has been operating uh, in Korea at a significant loss. And unfortunately, there's no pathway forward for our business to run more sustainably in that country. And I kind of looked into a little bit, and yeah, it does seem like it is just way more expensive to run anything internet-related in Korea because of the Korean internet laws, practices, etc. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I've seen a couple of uh, uh, South Korean uh, streamers uh, share their reaction to it and, uh, and the general consensus, obviously, it sucks, obviously, but they would have to either move platforms like you were saying, but it's like you have to start over, essentially, like, mm. and, and yeah. work to get partnership on that platform again and not everyone is as big as the biggest south korean you are streamer so it's going to take a while to potentially build themselves back up which uh which sucks and if they want to stay on twitch they would have to move to america or somewhere else or which VP. is like 
Would a VPN, VPN work? Yeah. I, don't even, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Good yeah. question, though. But yeah, definitely sucks for the people who are doing this as like their livelihood. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it for all our quick bites. We got one street meet, though. Uh, before I click on it, though, do you care, Daniel? No, I don't no. care. I, I was just voicing my frustration with people leaking stuff the day before, you know. Yes, that um, I think we talked about that a little bit. Did we talk about that live on the show or was that in private? I can't remember. I think we were talking about it with GTA as well because of that leak. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Dan's right. I think leaks right before. But there's been so many announcements this week just like that I would imagine would be like kind of Game Awards related, but they're all been anyway. Uh, we have one street meet here. This is supposedly news for tomorrow, we believe. Uh, this comes from Clobriel. Clobriel. Uh, new, scoop, new scoop on Project Shaolin, a third-person action RPG rumored in the making by Brass Line Entertainment and Xbox Game Studios Publishing. The game is third-person melee-oriented RPG, features four-player co-op, Involves the Wu-Tang Clan members themselves with the game's soundtrack and more, which is sick. Features loot, unique combat abilities, etc. Losing me a little bit. Uh, focus on having both music and combat intertwined. Hi-Fi Rush. Remember that game? Yeah. Uh, all nine Wu-Tang Clan members are also playable. Social hub named The Neighborhood. An animation style somewhat similar to uh, Into the Spider-Verse. So I would imagine some kind of like, maybe not cel-shaded, but you, you know what I mean. If they animate them differently, like on the twos, that'd be, that'd be sick as hell. Uh, the game is visually bright, colorful, and anime-like in style. Players can explore the vast world freely, and it's currently an alpha development stage. So, you may get a look at that tomorrow in some capacity. Do we know... <clears throat> I, I didn't look this up yet, but do we know... Have they made any other games before? I've never heard of them. I, I haven't either. It's a first for me too, fam. Uh... They are current projects working on an unannounced action RPG game, which I'm assuming is that. And they have one other game, Corner Wolves. Ever heard of that? Corner Wolves? Or... Okay. Corner Wolves tells the story of young people growing up in the hood and how their lives are shaped and defined by the war on drugs as they are caught between dope dealers, hustlers, and overzealous police. Corner Jesus. Wolves is coming as a narrative fictional podcast. Oh, it's a podcast. Okay. So this is the first game then. I'm assuming. Exciting stuff. Kind of a shame that I guess it leaked early per se, because I think that would have been a really cool pop for the Xbox side to get something, you know, on, on that caliber. Something something as unique as like I would have compared that, of course, to like Hi-Fi Rush. You know what I mean? Like that, that was a surprise. Like Tango? Anyway. Yeah. News of the week. I mean, come on. Biggest news this week is the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer uh, just dropping hours earlier because, you know, it leaked online with Buy BTC. Um, we have a live reacts uh, up on our PXN YouTube channel. You can go watch that. Uh, okay, this is weird. Evan. Um... I could have sworn the trailer uh, had more views than this when I saw this earlier. I, I don't know what changed or what happened. Maybe it was a different account. Anyway, uh, current right now, I just refresh the page. 
Uh, Rockstar Games' official Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer 1 has 9.86 million. That That's why. I'm looking at the subscriber, subscriber. count. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The, the, the video has 114.1 million views. Yeah. That's, that is an insane amount. That is absurd. Yeah. I, and they broke the most views in 24 hours of any YouTube video. Uh, I think Mr. Beast previously had the record. Absolutely insane. And we were talking about how, but yeah, 24 hours, as opposed to the original GTA 5 trailer that ha- is now below that yeah. <laughs> number over the span of 12 years. And this already beat it in, in, in two days, which is an insane. That's... For a couple days. Mm. Yeah. And then keep on. I was just gonna say it's it's that fucking uh, that big event, you know. They do this every decade or so. And that's the big event where everyone comes out. Sure, sure, sure. We're a couple days out now. Have you seen the trailer again, Dan? Yeah. Since it dropped. Yeah. How many times? Uh, at least three or four times. At, in addition to what we watched live. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna imagine Bro has not seen it anymore. I've watched it like well I'm watching it now but I, I've watched it like after we watched it that one time I watched it once more and now I'm watching it now so three times three times I've watched the trailer and okay. a couple of times on Twitter it's just scrolling by you know sure 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 sure, sure. <laughs> after it had to be posted on fucking Twitter yeah. you know <laughs> fucking Elon still impressive still impressive I, I don't I, I'm not gonna talk about that <laughs> uh, I'll say this uh, I've, I've seen it a couple of times too uh my thoughts are still, I think, largely unchanged uh, from, I just, it's just to reiterate from when we were watching it uh, live uh, for the, the reacts is uh, this is still extremely impressive, specifically with the character models. Like if, if you watch our reaction, the first time the one of the main protagonists turns around, you can hear me yell, oh, my God, <laughs> because of how how insanely good she looks. And, it, you know. I had a friend of mine also hit me up who would like watch the trailer late, but his first exposure to the trailer was that like, it was a gif of the fr- couple of seconds where that girl is twerking on top of the car. <laughs> and he thought that was real life. Oh my and, God. you know, for, you know, as gamers, most of our lives, I would assume we've been saying, Oh my God, this game looks real or, Oh my God, this looks like real life. And that's going to forever be the case with, you know, technology as things get better. Like we were, Mm. we're still going to get games 10, 15 years from now where we'll be saying this. But as of right now, games like Red Dead Redemption 2, games like, you know, The Last of Us Part 2, and now games like GTA 6, like some of this stuff looks like real life. It it is very impressive what they're doing with Rockstar's tech. Yeah. I mean, a product of working on this game for 10 years, like that, I mean, obviously they had Red Dead Redemption 2 in there, but obviously they had, I'm sure, a small team working on this for every bit of that 10 years. That's You give the developers the time and you got talented developers, this is your product. It, that water, every time I fucking see that water come up, I'm just amazed. Like the, the night shot of the water, like it looks dark and ominous, and then the day shot of the water where it's like, fucking beautiful light blues and like you see the different you know uh depth levels with sandy beaches like appearing oh so good 
what what when I watched the trailer the first couple of times, I was under the impression that most of it was like cutscenes and stuff. And then I'm I'm learning that they usually show gameplay in, in their engine. reveal trailers and yeah. in, in engine stuff. And that just also blew me away because there's like the water, like Dan's talking about. When I saw that, I was like, oh, that's just a a cutscene, or that's just a pre-rendered something. It's like, no, that's that's possibly what <laughs> how it's going to look when you're flying over the water. Like I, it's just that's insane to me. Which leads me to ask, uh, how are you guys viewing Grand Theft Auto Six? Uh, are you are you looking at this like through the lens of is this a sequel to RDR Two, or or sorry, a follow up to RDR Two? Are you kind of viewing this as a sequel to GTA Five? Like. I think that scope is going to change the way you end up experiencing GTA 6 um, in multiple ways. Like, just like graphics-wise, gameplay-wise, I think maybe the shooting is a bit tighter in RDR 2 compared to GTA 5. Five, you know, people, some people liked this, some people didn't. Um, but I think for me, like narratively, the stark difference between the like hyper real and hyper satirized reality of los santos compared to like you know the idyllic and quiet and meditative world of rdr2 are like very much different and for all intents and purposes this is kind of a follow-up to rdr2 that is the most recent game from rockstar is that going to change the way you kind of uh, venture into gta 6 hmm. I think I I mean I love both of those games. Like both of those games are probably in my top 15 games of all time. Maybe like I'd have to write the list out, but like GTA 5 story I think is fantastic still to this day and RDR2 the same way. I, that story is fantastic. But like I, I do agree with you Christian to an extent. Uh, it is a follow-up to RDR2 in the sense that, you know, all the things that they learned uh, while making RDR2 and, you know, the the uniqueness of RDR2 when you're walking around that world and you run into, like, you know, this random person that's in the swamps and you don't know what the fuck they're going to do and uh, you get this cool side story that surrounds it and, like, stuff like that I feel like will find its way in GTA 6 that, you know, they kind of evolved that formula, I guess, of, like, exploration and that kind of stuff with um exploring the old west um but yeah i it's i think it's gonna be interesting and maybe more depth too because like going in buildings and stuff like that that's never really been a big thing for gta so like that could be an avenue that they go down where you mm -hmm. you explore more buildings on the inside whoa <laughs> I think Ga Gage sent a couple of leaks. I haven't seen any of the like supposed gameplay leaks at all. Not even like screenshots. Have you guys seen any of that stuff? Uh, just the ones that we covered like a year ago. Like there was a couple. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is supposed to be like a lot more like dense as well, right? Like in the in the city areas, like you can go into like more interior locations. Is is that right? I believe that's. I think that's the rumor. Yeah. Dude, this game is gonna be massive. <laughs> this game is I, like I'm just watching it again. Like just even just like watching it on mute is like this game is gonna be huge. Like this this is gonna be like a statement piece. Like the last time a Grand Theft Auto released, so long ago, twelve about, years in between games, man. Think about how That's old crazy. how old all of us were back then. Like ten High years school. ago. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. I was in college, but yeah, yeah. 
crazy. I, I to answer to sort of answer your question uh, earlier, I I played a little bit of GTA Five. I liked the story fine. I didn't beat it, but you guys know, not a huge GTA guy because I kind of really wasn't allowed to be a GTA guy because of how strict my parents were with letting me play M-rated games. But I loved RDR two, so this is going to be me, kind of like trying to see if I can be a GTA guy if I if I do enjoy it. So it's 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 me seeing if I'm going to like GTA uh, as I'm as I'm older, I guess. But um, everything about RDR2, I hope, gets put in <laughs> GTA 6 because uh, I love the systems that were in that game. And I, and I thought the gameplay was more fun than GTA 5, like how you're talking about the shooting and the controls. It felt, it felt tighter. I didn't love GTA's control scheme. Um, so I'm hoping they maybe fixed, not fixed, but adjusted that a little bit for the new one. I, I don't like either. Like, I, I feel like R, in RDR2, it makes sense. Let me just say that it makes sense because of the story, like in the slow pace and all of that. But like, I feel like if they port RDR2 controls into the GTA 6, I no. will not like that if that's mm. the, because it feels very slow and like GTA is not. Yeah, that. nor should they do that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would. I'm watching it on mute again. Still, <laughs> very, very impressive game. Uh, I'm actually really some. It was I think it must have engaged. Uh, I'm very curious to see what like the tech can do. Um, I think the, he shared a video of GTA 4 and how water physics, you know, worked. That's that's like a PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 game, and water physics in that game were pretty nuts. What more can we do in this game? And of course, it seems like based on this this tone piece trailer, jiggle physics. <laughs> Let's go. How no, can... bro. I'm. Not I'm I can't not be horny. I'm scared of how horny I'm going to be, like in games in the future. How do... oh, it's getting too real. How now that you say that? How did we get fucking two GTA games on that gen of consoles, and we fucking we we didn't get any native game last gen at all? Like, well, I mean the GTA Red Five Dead? port, but. Well, uh, GTA or GTA? Mean? I, I mean, GTA specifically, but yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know, dude. I don't know. The big, uh, I think, question here is going to be also, will GTA, GTA Online be available at launch? And of course, I think, I think the answer is no. It took forever for it to work, you know, yeah. on, the, on GTA 5. Uh, I think even when, when the port released for like the, the uh, like the, at that point, next-gen consoles, PS4 and, and Xbox One, I think it also took some time for, like, GTA Online to even work. Um, it will probably take some time before GTA Online uh, comes, comes up uh, for six, I, I'd imagine. But I, I don't know how, like, that is an actual platform where people, like, you, you have an actual subscription available to buy in GTA 5 Online. You know what I mean? So like, how there are, like, plenty of playlists and custom games made, like, do you shift that over or some, like some people were saying that this is this idea is wild to me that they're going to keep GTA five online up alongside GTA six online. Do you think they would do that? I feel like that would kind of steal some of your customer base, would it not? Like some of your I feel double like dipping I, in that regard. Yeah. Didn't they like start shutting down certain parts of not the actual game but like some features like some website oh. stuff for gta like the social network i think they started they 
they did cha- they cha- uh transition to just be rock star uh oh, social okay. club and it's kind of the opposite they're kind of yeah preparing for gta 6 yeah okay i would imagine i i think you do have the two up concurrently at least for a time and then after a while you phase out gta 5 online because you just gradually stop supporting it I think there's a still a large number of people who are on PlayStation 4 and Xbox Ones who don't have the new gen consoles yet. They probably won't by 2025. Good it's still point. a ways out, but but still, you know, like you want to satiate that audience a little bit. And then, you know, over time, maybe into 2026, you bleed on over and, and start phasing out five. And, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, they want you really to like get a, get the new gen console and get Grand Theft Auto like ASAP. So little bit of overlap i'm sure wait one more one more thing to add okay yeah yeah, that's fine this one fucking think about this this is coming near the end of this generation of consoles five years in like we're gonna be what two or three years from the end i i don't know about that it seems like consoles like i don't know i think if anything we're gonna let me backtrack a little bit. I think the housing market crash of 2008, which did play a, a factor in having um, console lives last a bit longer. We saw how long PS4 generation was because of the introduction of, you know, the mid-generation upgrades. Now, with those two things in mind, and with things like COVID and then like the 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 chip shortage, I think we're kind of like just like naturally more in and with how long games take to develop now as well. I think we're like kind of at a point where like game consoles just kind of last just marginally marginally longer than they used to. I think if anything, we probably will see a mid-gen upgrade end of twenty twenty four, early twenty twenty five, somewhere around there. That's going to push extend it by you know two or three years. So I calling it like the end of the console lifestyle, it's probably like it's probably like midway. Three fourths of the way. No, probably like three fourths of the way, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. That is insane to think about though. Yeah. <laughs> you saying that, yeah, it would be on the fifth it would be the fifth year or going into the fifth year. Insane. That's wild. That's wild. Uh from some happy news into some some absolutely devastating news this comes from rebecca valentine at ign bungie developers say that the atmosphere is soul crushing amid layoffs uh cuts and fear of a total sony takeover this is a kind of a huge article where rebecca valentine uh touched base with a lot of uh current uh, developers over at bungie and there's a lot to say uh but essentially just it's been kind of a hostile work environment ever since the uh, let's see, there's a figure here somewhere. Uh, all the layoffs, I, about 100 of, of 1,200. Okay, so almost 10% of employees, that, when those happened a while ago, tensions have been high. Uh, I saw a separate tweet. I don't think this was in the article of um, someone from within Bungie, and they had like an all-hands meeting, and they ask, hey, uh, you know, we're budget cuts from like c-suite levels considered um at any point so that you know we avoid any kind of like further uh cuts 
to to staff or you know like more so that more employees don't get displaced and their response was bungie isn't that kind of company uh, which tells you everything you need to know about you know the executive level and the, the kind of employee level things are really rough right there uh, right now i'll stop there for a second to see if you guys have any thoughts i do <laughs> well it's kind of just uh bring up some quotes from from the article about that kind of stood out to me with uh how the developers there are trying their best and like you said it's kind of scary to go into work for a lot of them like one one uh, excerpt that i remember reading was uh that things are so bad that employees are afraid to to go into work expecting that they might be next or one of their friends might be next because of the layoffs and that they're worried that if final shape doesn't do well um more more layoffs are to be expected and the way things are going in destiny right now with how low the player numbers are even if the seasons are quote-unquote good nobody's playing them to talk about them more than likely, Final Shape isn't going to do as big as past expansions have done. So more than likely, unfortunately, Final Shape is not going to be this big, huge hurrah send-off from what I've seen in the Destiny community and how things are going right now. So that's scary. <laughs> and I can imagine much much more scarier for the people that are working there. And the devs are also telling the leadership the things that they need to do. And the leadership is still underneath the, under the impression that all we have to do is when back the fans we still they still love us is what what i think one of them said and the employee there said like no they don't they don't love us that's why we have to listen to the data that i have here and make these changes but they aren't given the freedom to to do that for whatever reason so as as you said uh with the c-suite and the people at the top not getting the cuts but the people who are trying to make the changes aren't even getting the chance to make the changes so they don't lose their job is just it's just so backwards to me i don't understand it i i like that in this article as well christian that it it details the company's board because I, I previously i was curious how their board was structured and like how that worked because uh there hadn't been really any information on that and apparently according to ign which they're sourcing here in this article uh, PlayStation Studios head Herman Holst is on the board with Sony Senior Vice President Eric Lempel, Bungie co-founder Jason Jones, who is the only founder left, Bungie CTO Luis Villagas. I don't, I'm not familiar with him, but uh, interesting. And then Pete Parsons, which Pete, from what I gather, Pete is one of the biggest problems. Uh, and apparently he serves as a tiebreaker vote on the board. So mm. essentially Pete holds a lot of power there. Um, I, it's difficult because without us knowing exactly what's happening and which executives are the problem and which ones are not, I, it, it is very difficult because I have very fond memories of Jason Jones and he is the only founder left at Bungie and obviously he doesn't control the company anymore. The board does. He's just a, a member of that board. So I don't know if, you know, if Jason is part of this or not. I hope not. I would like to think not because I think he's a, or in the past been a pretty cool dude. Um, but yes, this is terrible and I hope that whatever negative negativity is at the top is cut out and you know 
gotten rid of, but probably won't happen, uh, unfortunately. And, and unfortunately, it gets worse. Uh, with this article, we got news as well of a potential Sony takeover, uh, just based on how the deal was made. Uh, and this is kind of towards the top of the article. With the exact details of Sony's deal to acquire Bungie, uh, while, the, uh, sorry, while the exact details of Sony's deal to acquire Bungie remain unknown to the public or employees, sources say that they were told by leaders that the current split board structure is contingent on Bungie meeting certain financial goals. If Bungie falls short of certain financial thresholds by too great an amount, Sony is allowed to dissolve the existing board and take full control of the company. And with the, I think it was kind of what Ro mentioned as well. And with Destiny 2 expansion, the final shape uh, delayed into the next fiscal year and Bungie still investing heavily on Marathon, many employees understand that Bungie is struggling to meet the necessary targets to keep it, uh, its last vestige of freedom. Such a takeover wouldn't necessarily be shocking given its 2022 acquisition, but it would nevertheless be a stunning development for a company that has historically prided itself on its independence. And of course, it was, a very, it was a big celebration when they when they did become independent, and now here they are facing uh, you know this this takeover, which is um, sad to think about. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize this has almost happened before when they were in their Activision deal. Activision made their uh, deal with Bungie for Destiny. They had a target date for Destiny Two. Uh, Bungie basically said we need a little more time and Activision essentially threatened them and said if you don't release this game on this date we are enacting whatever fucking weird clause they inserted in there that's basically they'd take ownership of Bungie and it seems like something similar in this contract which if you're Bungie why the fuck would you agree to a contract if you you know if you you know, if independence is as important to you as your company's history illustrates as them leaving Microsoft and wanting to become independent to make their own game and them leaving Activision after a shitty arrangement that they had with them. Like, why would you take this deal? I don't understand why if that's something so important to you. I I get that they need funding for for Destiny, too, but man, I don't know. I, I I agree. It's it's scary to think about what uh what the future at, at Bungie might look like, especially how rocky it is right now. And like Dan said, it's it's weird the decisions that they've made with with that, but just like with Destiny too, like they just do some weird weird stuff sometimes. That's just like you're doing such good things in certain aspects, and then you turn around and do just I don't know. It's just confusing at times. What the what they're doing like earlier this week i like they need the money i understand that but the the they did like a starter pack thing that everybody hated oh with, they like, took a, it out right they they did delete it but why do it in the first place like why like you know it's bad at least i'm glad they deleted it i guess but the stuff that was in that starter pack was somebody bought that they they removed it but somebody bought that and they got abs absolutely ripped off and Mungie made away with that money. Yes. But it's like the stuff that that that's in there is like useless. It and and the people who are the starters that are buying it are like, oh, this is what I need to be successful in Destiny. It's like no, <laughs> all of those are like not, horrible yeah. guns. It's like terrible. But yeah, it's it's just stuff like that where it's like press is already so bad. Why did you make this? Try to do the good stuff, and I guess the good stuff was them removing it. But I don't know. It would have been better if they just did it first place. But no, I agree, Ro. Maybe that's just leadership, to be honest. Just kind of Maybe, forcing yeah. forcing their hand, you know what I mean? 
Probably is. Yeah. One would venture. One would venture so. Okay. That is it for our news of the week. Before we get into the topic of the show, let's stop real quick at our fantasy draft check-in because, of course, Avatar Frontiers of, Frontiers of Pandora released, not re- didn't release today, I'm sorry. Uh, reviews dropped today, and uh, listen, I know it was a Hail Mary. I was really hoping something would come of this, and um, <laughs> I was hoping for like a low 70s at the very least, just to something, and it's currently at a 69. Nice. nice. Open critic average. <laughs> not nice for, for my fantasy draft because that puts me at a minus, that's minus one, which means I need a second miracle for me to take it. Uh, plan B is, is enacting as we speak, fellas. So Silk Song, is it coming out tomorrow? Of course not. Of uh, I mean, of freaking course not. What do you want from me, Dan? If, it, if, Silk, if Silk Song doesn't come out, Dan wins for the millionth time in a row. A millionth time? We've only done three of these. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> is but this the third? In a row? Uh, Isn't it, right? Is or is it the, the second? Maybe it's the second. Yeah, this is the second, I think. Right? I, th- I think it's the second. Yeah. Yeah, this is the second, is. I think. It is. You're right. But, I mean, we can, for, for you know, fortune tell and say, you know, I'll win the next <laughs> one, too. Them. You know. God damn it. My taste in good games is just too good, guys. Sorry. And I can't even <laughs> say that you got the right, you got the first pick because you didn't. No, I didn't. You're right. I got the last <laughs> pick, I think, for being first last year. Yep, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Let's go. But all we know for sure is that Gage is not a real contender. No. Has not been has not been for most of the year even. Man, a real man, contender. The man spent all of his money the first three days. That was awesome. <laughs> I can't lie. That was that was pretty awesome. Anyway. Or again, topic of the show. Let's catch up on what's going on with us. So, Daniel, what you got for me? I've got a little update. Uh, I played Remnant 2 with Gage, and it's now in Game Pass, of course, with uh, the first game as well. But we dove into Remnant 2. Never even played these games, never even knew anything about these games, and had a heck of a lot of fun with it, actually. It's a really fun um, third-person shooter that is very hard it is definitely like gauge first told me that this was like a you know soulsborn s cardness shooter and i was like fuck that i don't want to play this and he's like just fucking play it it's in game pass i'm like whatever and i i will say i'm enjoying the hell out of it. it is a ton of fun like me and gauge literally wandered around for hours around the map not knowing what the fuck we're supposed to do in terms of the objective because there's no it doesn't handhold you there's no objective markers there's no map there's no real quality map i'll call it uh but like just wandering around i was having so much fun like the monsters were cool the puzzles were really cool like there was there was this really neat puzzle that was so satisfying like we had to start this chain of events by um by pulling a lever 
and it essentially has this um, massive platform of electricity that slowly drops on you and you have to go around a, in a circle around this giant theater fighting through enemies around the theater while you're slowly making your way down the stairs until you get all the way to the bottom and you know you have to destroy things on your way to like clear paths and those fucking moments when you're stopping to clear those paths are fucking intense because you got the the ceiling closing in on you of the electric barrier. And there was so many times at the end that Gage was like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. I fucking pushed the lever again. He's like, damn it, Dan, I'm done. I don't want to do it again. And the last time we did it, everyone was dead except for me. And I fucking got to the very like last section so there's like multiple sections I got to the last section i knew it was the last section and i fucking plowed through that shit and got to the end and i was so fucking proud of myself that was awesome ton of fun love that game so far it was revenant too uh remnant remnant yeah, yeah. Yeah, the uh, tiktoks when uh, i saw this game when when it came out were insane and like what surprised me about it is how like deep the rabbit hole of that game goes. Like once you beat it is like when the actual game begins. Kind of similar to like when you get to like the end game of Destiny. Like all right, here here's where the real game begins because like things start to open up and there's like tons of like you know uh, different areas, different uh, secret like a lot of secrets in this game. Just like a lot of like surprises. And I heard that like the actual gameplay is pretty fun. So. Yes. Um, surprised that game didn't get more love in some kind of like nominations uh, for like best multiplayer or something because that that game like was like kind of impressive with like what it especially with like like co op uh, like what is happening on your screen like let's say someone gets grabbed by an enemy and you see them get grabbed the like sync on that is like so good it's like it's it's like milliseconds like it the, the other person who got grabbed is like it's happening right at the same time and you know you'll get teleported instantly to somewhere else and what have you so. Looks like a cool game. I was planning on uh, you guys were having so much fun on the mic because we were in Discord. Uh, I was like, I kind of want to. I, I, if you guys are jumping into this, I want to jump into this. And then we looked it up to see if it was crossplay, and it was not. So I decided not to get it. That's it. That's it from you. That's it. Yeah. No more Alan Wake yet. I I'm I'm working on it. I'm working. <laughs> Bro. Um, I played more Super Mario. Um, I talked about it last week that I started playing it, but I didn't really say anything besides that. Um, but yeah, it's it's going good so far. I I, I think I did mention I didn't play the original. Um, I'm finding it really cool. I like the the story so far. The the gameplay is like if you're familiar with the Mario and Luigi games, it's pretty similar to that, where it's just turn based, and when you Perform an attack, you have like a certain amount of time to hit the A button to double your damage or whatever the effect of your move is. So there's like the action button or whatever. So that's cool. That's fun. Um, yeah, it's just honestly pretty pretty straightforward turn-based RPG stuff. Nothing too crazy besides the obvious remakeification of it all. And I, I really liked I really like how uh they did that, how they brought that game uh into this generation it looks really pretty um and i think the the stuff that they do in that game uh to make it unique is very fun like they have a lot of they play with the genre a lot and i think they did a good job it makes it uh, entertaining to read and go through the story but yeah 
I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Incredible. Uh, what's new with me, fellas? What is new with me? What, 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 do, what do I have for you this week? What, what did I write down here? Oh, uh, my friend hit me up over the weekend and he goes, hey, should I buy a MetaQuest 3? And I call him up. I'm like, dude, are you about to buy a VR headset? And he's like, I'm thinking about it. And so I, I, I gave him an honest answer. I told him, yes, if you plan to like also get a PC. And he's been talking about getting a PC for a while. He even went so far as to like buy some uh, peripherals for it, like just in case he gets it uh, down the line. So he has a he has like a nice keyboard, like a gaming keyboard. He has the same mouse I have, which is like the like the G series like gaming mouse. Bought himself a desk, everything. Preparing himself to buy a PC, just hasn't bought it yet. And he decides there's like a deal at Best Buy. Um, I kind of want to get it. And I was like, dude, if you get it. We'll play some games. I can recommend you a few. Uh, I can buy you someone on the quest or can gift them to you. Let me know if you get it and we'll, and we'll set it up together and we'll play. He sends me a picture of him in the car with his quest three box. And I'm like, all right, dude, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm hooking mine up to charge right now. And uh, yeah, so we played a couple games. We did have to troubleshoot. Some games were not working for him. We tried playing um, walkabout mini golf and he had some issues. Really? He told me he fixed it now. I, he, I have no idea what it was, but Scrolling Reddit pages, it seems like, yeah, so there's some Quest 3 compatibility issues with some of the games on the Quest Store, which is not good. Uh, I showed him uh, the rock climbing games in, in, um, in, in, in Rec Room, and he, he hit his fan with his hand because he didn't know where he was in his room, which was great. And we finally jumped into Among Us VR. Uh, it is, it is scary. <laughs> being in that game in vr and then you're doing your little tasks and then somebody like you know whoever the imposter is like turns the lights off and it is dark oh shit! you don't hear anything and it, it's actually even scarier because like the like the 3d audio of the ambiance of like that empty spaceship can get pretty scary you'll just hear like the fans going and you don't know if it's like somebody nearby or, or what it is scary me my only criticism with this game is the audience uh, for it like the player base mm. is nothing but children dude it was oh. children and like young high schoolers so the fact we're like after five games i was like i'm done i can't deal <laughs> with trying to talk to kids anymore because it's it's just, just it's not a good time it's not a good time and then of course alan wake too i'm 19 20 hours in i'm pretty close to to the end and uh uh, full disclosure, I guess I also got assigned an Alan Wake, Alan Wake video uh, for Dual Shockers, so I'm kind of also doing some capture for that, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, that game continues to be more and more impressive every single time I play it. Uh, the way that game, like the rap, it, it's so impressive even um, that it spawned a couple of video essay ideas, and I've I've now reopened my video essay like um, list of ideas, my idea list. Uh, and it grew. Uh, and I realized today, I was like, yeah, I, I got to finish my Signalis video ASAP. So <laughs> that is, that, next one. That, that's being opened as soon as Game Awards, like, assignments uh, are, are done. I'll be cracking that one back open. Oh, sorry, Gage. Uh, I missed his comment. Remnant 2 is very fun. Papa carried me, he says. And then he said it is crossplay Christian between PC Game Pass and Xbox only. So I guess Windows Store and Xbox. Oh right. Yeah. Oh okay. So so because okay, 
so i can play it yeah by getting it on pc game pass with you yes. you lot okay so we thought something different though yeah it's not yeah. cross play between anything else okay they're okay. working on that i guess okay all right that is it for everything except for topic of the show Let's go ahead and jump right in. Fellas, the Game Awards 2023 are tomorrow. Uh, we're expecting a lot of reveals. As, I mean, Jeff has been hyping, hyping it up. He says there's a lot of like new, new stuff coming out. So we're going to go through. I, I don't know why I, met, I said all that and then like went the complete opposite way. We've already <laughs> done the announcement predictions. But we want to know who is winning this year. Who's going to take some of the biggest prizes this year? So we're going to go through. I've selected 14 of the biggest categories here. We're not doing all of them. Thank we'll God. read out the nomination. <laughs> we'll read the nominations and we can predict um, who we think will win. And then just as, an, as a fun aside, we can say who we, who we would like to win. That's unfair. Yeah. I forgot to mention this, Dan. You don't have any way to show audience like your screen, right? Like, uh, um, yeah, I could. Uh, let me... Let me just see where I can place it on the feed here. If not, if not, don't we have like a live streaming one for like three people? Put it on that one. Do I? Don't you? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> game of... because i could see everything earlier and now everything is like grayed out oh which doesn't make for a nice experience when i'm trying to look at this i miss the color if it doesn't work it doesn't work we can just keep going uh i do have this game awards thing uh that give me one second and i will have it for you in Sorry to everyone on uh, audio, but uh, you know, such is life sometimes. All right, I, I, I don't like, I don't like that they did this. Why can't they just do like a banner at the top saying "voting closed," you know, and not let you click it? Why do they have to grade all these categories out? Yeah, it looks like they all died. This looks fundamentally not nice now. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do this to us, Game Awards? Oh yeah, this will work. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, oh, I kind of I have to fix the cameras, but I can do that while we're going here. You know, it's just a little jacked up. You know, if Gage was here, it would have worked perfect. Let me just say that because it's set for four cameras. Just gonna throw that out there, Gage. You know. Oh, you know what I could do though. This guy. Even better idea. Work smarter, not harder, right? Correct. Boom. What do you do? Look at that. Aha. And now we're in a four four person. That's that's nice. That's smart. Yeah. Yes. Except why am I on there twice? I don't understand that. Oh, because it's my <laughs> Discord cam. Oh. So I'm gauged today also on my Discord cam. 
but you know that works it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) two different angles this is weird so we're gonna go through and in reverse order leading up to game of the year we got 14 categories starting with dan i think if you click that link it'll take you to like the main website uh it takes you to game of the year click on view all categories and then scroll down you'll see best multiplayer game uh down there i guess third to last call uh, row second to last column best multiplayer you got it got it got it got it yes and my apologies these were colorful voting clothes and they gray them out is it, it, it rose right it looks like the, it looks like the party animals crocodiles dead <laughs> you know in memoriam yeah yeah party so i gotta say party to our facts uh, i have a separate uh spreadsheet here that i'm using privately to write down uh, the prediction so nothing is going to happen on the actual run of show document let's go ahead the order is uh, just dan christian row it's, it's the way i see it on on discord so best multiplayer your categories are baldur's gate 3 diablo 4 party animals street fighter 6 and super mario bros wonder Daniel, did you see what I, I'm sorry? Did you see what I added? Not gauge to the. I added not to the gauge text. There we go. Sorry, just in case anyone was confused. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, best multiplayer. So I'm choosing which one I think will win, or which one I want to win. Uh, which one you think will win? You're gonna be. We're predicting the winners. You okay. can say which one you would like to win. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Uh, which one do I think will win? I will say. I'm going to say Diablo 4. Diablo 4. Yeah, I'm not real confident on this one. This is this is kind of a toss up, I think. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's close. I, I think there's a sneaky chance that like, you know, Dark Horse Street Fighter Six could take to take it in this regard. Hmm. Uh, to, if I'm being honest, uh, you might be honest something with Diablo Four. Like that one is more of like when I think of like a co-op experience. Like yeah. that one, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of people voting Baldur's Gate Three down the line. People will be voting a lot for Diablo Four. Maybe not. I think if this gonna, if you're gonna do, give it to anyone, it might be this one. But just for the sake of consistency, I think people were so high on Baldur's Gate Three that even the co-op experience was like like a fundamental, like enjoyable way to experience that game, and many people did. Uh, I think doing uh, Baldur's Gate 3 for best multiplayer is going to be my pick. Uh, I'm going to go with what... Uh, I'm going to agree with Dan on this one with Diablo 4 for the pick. I want Street Fighter 6 to win, but I feel like... I'm trying to remember what is in best fighting game, but I guess we'll get to it later. But I th- I feel like it had a, we'll have a better chance there. So I'm going to go with Diablo 4 um, for my pick. Hell yeah. We're on the same way. I guess I guess I'm an I'm guess I'm an idiot then. No. I'm joking. Dan, if you hit previous yes. at the top like three times, you'll go straight to best fighting game. Best fighting game. Best family. Best go. fighting game. There we go. The so categories good. for best fighting game are God of Rock. I didn't even hear about this game, man. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. Pocket Bravery and Street Fighter Six. This is another tough one. Like fuck. 
Mortal Kombat 1, I guess. I don't... I think I've heard good things about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, though. I have as well. Yeah. So maybe that one will win. I don't... Fuck. I'm going to say MK1, though. Okay, and I'm going absolutely Street Fighter 6. I think that one is, is going to easily take it. You think so? Okay. Yes. I agree. I feel like between... like When you oh, said it was a hard choice between Mortal Kombat 1 and Street Fighter 6 for for this one. And I, I know it's still think Street Fighter 6 takes it, in my opinion. What are you doing yet? What are you working on? I was curious. I was curious what the open critics were, and you guys are way smarter than I am because oh. Street Fighter is <laughs> way better than Mortal Kombat. I started to open it on the tab that I'm showing the screen, and then I'm like, wait, I can't do that. Yeah, that type in P O R N no. B period C O M. Yeah. Dan, hit previous for me one more time and we'll head on over into best RPG. Hell yeah. I guess I should also read uh, best RPG for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Your category, sorry, your nominees are Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, for some reason, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Hmm. Rich player customization and progression. I, the fact you have to think about it this long is crazy. I'm <laughs> well. I mean, I think that one of these there's a lot of uh, claim for uh, from like fans, and the other one is like a dark horse. I feel like uh, so. I'm gonna say Baldur's Gate three. It's same. That, no question. Final Fantasy 16 was the one I was debating. Between. No, that no? that that one will not win. Okay. In, in in any regard, like I think Baldur's okay. Gate three blows Final Fantasy out of the water. Okay. Okay. That's where I'm at too. Baldur's Gate three. I want uh, Sea of Stars to win, <laughs> even though I didn't even play. That would be I nice. Just, just like uh, get some little attention there. I'm glad that it's there though. That's great. Yes, absolutely. I think. This may be the only place I saw Starfield, I think. Starfield, right, gonna, uh, a good game, yeah. but probably not worthy. We're going to shift on over into best action adventure. We there? I'm looking for it. <laughs> you, you just hit previous ones. Oh, I missed that. So I got it. <laughs> Sorry. Best action adventure for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Your nominees are Alan Wake 2, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, mm. Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And let me tell you, this might be the hardest category yeah. to decide what takes it. Yes, agreed. Um, frick. I'm going to say... Fuck, I don't know. I'm going to say Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. But... But a personal favorite would be 
Alan Wake 2 and Resident Evil 4 as well. I'm 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 copping out by saying all three of them, but <laughs> yeah. I think Zelda's a good pick. However, I'm playing the game of like the way winners usually are with like things like the Oscars and previous game awards where they kind of like, okay, it will probably sweep in the later categories down the line for kind of these a bit smaller, more niche categories. I think it's where you give uh, others a chance to shine. Like, you know, what games in this category, like really exemplify best action adventure. And I think it's, it's two of them. I think, is where my line of thinking is, and that's Spider-Man 2 and Resident Evil 4. Really? Yeah, and there was a lot of wow. critical acclaim for RE4, I think. Yes. Um, however, I think there may be, a, like, with recency bias of Spider-Man 2, and with the way that game was received, especially for its combat and its traversal around the city, I think this is the one winner where, you, where Spider-Man 2 gets the win. Mm. Hmm. Also, a good video game. This is a really tough category. PXN gave it like a seven point five, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Um. My head is still with Tears of the Kingdom as well. Um, I think, I think it's going to start sweeping like at this point <laughs> to to the to Game of the Year. Maybe not in every category, but it's this is where it's going to start. I think it's sweep, but um, uh, I think I'm just going to go with Tears of the Kingdom for this one. Oh yeah, as well. I I'm having a hard time deciding between it and uh, Resident Evil. So you're saying TLTK? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, I should have done this differently. Ooh. If I do numbers like this, I think that'll... And... I'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hold on. Hold on here. It's fine. It's really fine. <laughs> yeah. I, met, I, I should have done this as like a, like a sheet, like a Google sheet instead of like a table on, on Google Docs. Because the lines are a little bit messed up. If I do here, if I do best act add the boom, all the lines are the same now, and I can just look on over and everything. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to shift over to best action game. I think that's just, if you just hit previous once, it takes you straight to best action game. Yep. Uh, for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat your nominees are Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon Dead Island 2 Ghost Runner 2 Hi-Fi Rush and Remnant 2 man I w fuck you know this is difficult but I think this has to be Hi-Fi Rush like the fucking Hi-Fi Rush got you know snubbed elsewhere which you know, we've talked about, I think this is it. This is it. But Remnant 2, a shout out again for that after uh, playing that. that Well-deserved there. You know what? I think you're on to, I think you're on to something with that Hi-Fi Rush bit. I think in, a, in an ideal society, 
<laughs> in an ideal society, I think this is the one where like Armored Core takes it because that you know that, that's a good game, um, and and I do think that is probably like when I think of like intense like focused action it does not get like more peak than armored core six but i also uh, uh you know have to think about who is the board consisting of and like is our armored core is already a niche title with like gamers capital g is it it's probably even more niche with a lot of like the uh voting committee and i think of those i think when you look at the 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 nominees here i think everybody on that nominee board uh, played hi-fi rush most people on the nominee board probably loved hi-fi rush i think that we'll be we'll be voting hi-fi rush so yes i agree i would like ac6 to win though i am predicting hi-fi rush would win i also want hi-fi rush to win for the same reasons that christian was was saying but uh or that's why i think it'll win for the christian for the reasons christian was saying but i also think um that like dan was saying it was snubbed in other categories and i think a lot of people especially at the end of the year were saying like don't forget about hi-fi rush don't forget about hi-fi rush and this being the only category i think that it's in people are gonna vote for it especially those people that are upset that it didn't get uh its place in other categories so i think it's this is its place to to win this time this time last year we didn't even know about that game insane exactly that's true that's true all right let's move on over into best debut indie that might be like a couple of ones couple of clicks of previous three of them that right yep cool best debut indie game for the best debut game created by a new independent studio your nominees are cocoon dredge pizza tower venba and viewfinder yeah this is um this is gonna be one that i'm not gonna get right i'm gonna tell you right now i've not played any of these games uh to my own fault um i do know viewfinder i know what that is um that's probably the one i'm most familiar with on this list and cocoon of course you guys have talked about so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say cocoon just throw a shot in the dark there. You painted really good review wise. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Not with me. <laughs> uh, I think the the real head to head like battle is going to go between Dredge and Pizza Tower. I think. Yep. I think Pizza Tower has less of an audience than Dredge, though. I think nominee wise, it's 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 got the love certainly, but I still think it's even as like an indie game within the games industry, it's still like. I don't think enough people played Pizza Tower for it to be like be the actual winner. So I think I think Dredge is the one that gets the win here. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Pizza Tower just to be <laughs> to be different. Oh, yeah. um, but I I it was between those two for me too. Like I remember my timeline just being full of Pizza Tower fan art and like everybody was talking about that game for for a good chunk of time. Um, this is a good game, and Dredge the same. I, I heard really good things about both of those those games but i'm gonna go with pizza okay then but also and, great things but then, I, yeah sure yeah, sure not as much as the other two then similarly click previous one more time I mean, we'll get best independent game 
for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system, Cocoon, Dave the Diver, which I think, uh, given the controversy, cannot win. Uh, I don't think will. Uh, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. Uh, yep, this will be another one that I fucking fail on, so let's just say Cocoon again. Fuck it. I gotta be right on one of them, right? We ball. Yeah. Or none of them. <laughs> or none of them. <laughs> Picking Dredge in the last quarter category really kind of messed with me because I think there's a chance I could win this. And if it wins this, I don't think people will be voting for it in best debut. I think Pizza Tower would have gotten it. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with Sea of Stars because I know that one uh, is very much beloved. Yes. I think this is where Sea of Stars gets its award too. Shit. I'm going to go with Sea of Stars. <laughs> People wanted this in Game of the Year, that's, so that's I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it at least wins here. Are you guys ready for the the back half of the bigger awards now? Like this is this is where like the real stuff begins. It all begins. Yeah. Then let's go into best performance. Dan, are we there? Best performance. We are there. Awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. Your nominees are, and there are six of them, Ben Starr for Final Fantasy XVI, Cameron Monaghan for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, Melanie LeBird for Alan Wake 2, hmm. Neil Newbin for Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lowenthal for Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Hmm. I've been seeing Ben Starr all over the fucking place. This man <laughs> appears everywhere, so I feel like I should go with him. But I don't know if his performance is actually that good in that game because I've never played it. So... It is good. Okay, I'm gonna say Ben Starr then. That's my guess. I mean, everybody, everybody's good on this list. Technically, you are so <laughs> right for saying I'm seeing this man everywhere because, if to a certain extent, I think the Game Awards is kind of a popularity contest. Yeah. Sometimes, I think this this might be the case. Granted, though, like remember when Lady Dimitrescu won? I forget the the actress's name, but like yes. that was a surprising one. So there's a chance I think that maybe uh, Neil could take it for for Baldur's Gate three. But I am also going to say Ben Starr, Final Fantasy 16. Hmm. Me too. That was going to be my vote as well. Come me, Frit. Can't do his voice, but he was really good in that game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I find it funny that Idris Elba is here. Not that he didn't do a good job in Phantom Liberty. It's like, <laughs> I just think it was. I just think it's. And, and like, is this award going to mean as much to Idris Elba as it will to some of these other actors? Probably right. not. Yeah, Idris will be like, "Is he even that. gonna be there? Is yeah, he exactly. even gonna be there? No, probably not." Keanu uh, accepts your words on his on his behalf. <laughs> I have to adjust my spacing here so that everything aligns one more time. But I think I think we're good now. Okay, uh, let's on, shift on over. Click once. You'll go to best audio design. Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design, we have man, fuck, Alan Wake Two, Dead Space, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel's Spider-Man Two, and Resident Evil Four. 
<laughs> this is difficult. Uh, Dead Space Remake's fucking sound is absolutely phenomenal. Like, I, I gotta say Dead Space. Like, yeah, Dead Space. Sorry, I'm adjusting things one more time. But shout-outs to uh, Alan Wake, too, as well. I think in an ideal world, what Alan Wake 2 does with its audio design in the you know back half of that game is so impressive and just refreshing in an industry uh, that I, I think it should be the winner here and i think also it, it there's a chance it could even win yeah however i think what motive did with dead space i think is is technically so impressive on its own right uh and the fact that they even had like their own like dedicated youtube video yeah. on audio alone i think might push it for like you know alan wake 2 will get some flowers in separate categories it might be time for like Dead Space to get its flower here, and it's one category. So yeah, I'm also going to say Dead Space. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm just copying you guys now, but yeah, I was gonna say Dead Space as well. For what Christian said, like as someone who isn't a horror game person, I still heard about De Dead Space's design and sound from from people who do like horror games. So I was, I, that's what I was gonna go with, just from word of mouth. Um, Hi-Fi Rush, obviously. It, its game is music i don't know if sound design is a good way to uh, describe it though like it, it has great music yes. i guess i guess sound design because you know everything that's... is like sync to sync sync to the beat as well so there's like a gameplay aspect to it but it, it has good music but is it like good sound design or is it just good you know what like people on the sound team who did a good job with the music can i change my answer oh yeah, we're still in the category, so why not? Hi-Fi Rush. I'm changing the Hi-Fi Rush. Bro, you convinced me because I thought I I thought the same argument, but as you were saying that, I'm like, that game has fucking banging music and like that's the whole premise of the game. And yeah, I'm gonna say Hi-Fi Rush. Okay. Complete 180 there. <laughs> You're so funny, dude. All right. That's locked. Now let's go into best score and music. For outstanding oh, music, in <laughs> inclusive of score, original song, Shit. and or licensed soundtrack. Okay. The nominees are well. Alan Wake 2, composer, Petri Alonko. Baldur's Gate 3, composer, Borislav Slavov. Final Fantasy 16, composer, Masayoshi Soken. Hi-Fi Rush, audio director, Shuichi Kobori. And The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, compose by Nintendo Sound Team. Well, fuck. Where are we going, Daniel? <laughs> you yeah. can still choose them. You can still choose them again. I know. It seems like you might be wrong for the last one. I probably will. Now that I didn't realize that, that was my own fault. I should have looked. Hi-Fi Rush. I'm One of them has to be right. I mean, <laughs> I'll get a 50%, okay. you know. Better than Again... Nothing. Again, in an ideal world, what Alan Wake 2 does with its its score and the music and the way that involves gameplay is unprecedented in the game space. This should be the winner. It will not. It will be Final Fantasy 16 for mm. its its grand epic score that like really, really took over. Like when that game releases, like this is like 
the pinnacle of like soundtrack it, it is so good and i think that one was like confirmed the first one to be like a uh, they were going to be doing like a performance of that and it makes sense because of how like sweeping it is I'm gonna go with uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Wow! Uh, for my for my choice, I think the soundtrack in that game is dude incredible. Yes, it's like so yeah. good. There's there's scenes that like made me tear up, honestly, for yes. what they did with with some of like the melodies of old games and mixing with the new stuff. Like it was insane. Um, so I'm gonna pick that one. And I have three automatically oh, in my mind. Yeah. Like I can <laughs> I can pinpoint three times I I got teared up because of because of the music. Yeah. Is really good really really good i think all of our choices were good choices though for for this particular category but i'm gonna go with choose the kingdom gage says best audio is the hardest category this year no outliers all bangers yeah i agree uh before we move on ro do you remember the colgara fight and uh choose the kingdom <laughs> how could i forget remember the music in that scene that yeah. was fucking insane. <laughs> that was, I had the smile on my face during that was, what a game. Uh, where are we going? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> click left. Previous, go into best art direction. Another tough one. For outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation, your nominees Fuck. are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a hard, because it's a hard one. Yeah. Alan Wake 2. Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Super Mario Bros. Wonder because a lot of people were very stoked about that art design and animation compared to the new Super Mario Bros. style. And I want to pick Hi-Fi Rush again. That's my personal pick, but I feel like I'm putting too many eggs in their basket and then I'll <laughs> get them all wrong. So, yeah. And I will say that I'm just going to start the Alan Wake 2 sweep here as well. Keep going, Alan Wake 2. Oh, wow. You can make the, you can make the case for any of them and I'd be like, yeah, yes. you're right. This, this will win. True. I'm going Alan Wake 2. And I'm gonna go with Hi-Fi Rush on this one. I think they did some really cool stuff with the the cutscenes and the transitions in that game from 2D to 3D. Yes. And just like gameplay, obviously, looks beautiful to me. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Hi-Fi Rush. Oh yeah. Best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. We have Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Marvel's Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I think this is going to be between Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. It's just I'm not as versed on Baldur's Gate 3 to be able to speak educated, educatedly on it. So I'm going to say Alan Wake 2 because so far the narrative is really good and just fucking bananas and I love it. So, Alan Wake 2. I'm going to go with Baldur's Gate 3. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I want it to be Phantom Liberty, though. That's fair. Okay. 
two more we have now, penultimate one, Best Game Direction, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This is this might be the hardest it's one. Hard. It's hard, dude. Um, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. From that, I feel like I would say Alan Wake 2 or Legend of Zelda's Heroes of the Kingdom from that description for me. Um, now, which one do I pick? I'm going to say Tears of the Kingdom is going to win. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Let me write that down for you. You said T-O-T-K. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I can make the case easily for Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, and Tears of the Kingdom. And again, it'd be like, yep, makes sense. I, I can see it. That's the winner for sure. I, I really don't know. I I. Hard year. Good games this year, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I think... I don't think you get any of those three games that I just mentioned without, like, outstanding creative vision and innovation game direction and design. I think of those, the highest... Uh, Alan Wake 2 probably is the one that, like, closely resembles that for me. But I haven't even mentioned Tears of the Kingdom anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what about, uh, 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 Ro, do you want to go real quick? Can I, okay. can I do that? Sure. Uh, I think I'm going to pick... I think I'm going to pick Alan Wake 2 for this one. Just from what no I've reason seen. reason why. Just, just what I've seen. <laughs> no, no really deep answer for that one. And it's because I did pick Tears of the King. So it's kind of the opposite. And I haven't picked Alan Wake yet. Um, so I think this where it, uh, it's a hard one, dude. It would get my vote if I were on the board. I'm going to ride with Dan and just go Tears of the Kingdom. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we made it to Game of the Year. <sighs> Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and all technical fields. Six nominees. Your nominees are Alan Wake 2 by Remedy, Baldur's Gate 3 from Larian Studios, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac Games, Resident Evil 4 from Capcom, Super Mario Bros. Wonder from Nintendo, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom from Nintendo. Another really difficult one. For me, the only one that stands out is Spider-Man 2. I don't know that it necessarily hits the game of the year mark because of all the bugs and everything uh, you know technically speaking i don't think that game was as good as it could be um but gosh this is hard can i can i also say that as someone who i like i really like the story of spider-man 2 and just, and i again i still haven't played it i feel i think we talked about this before but I feel like out of all the games, that one is the one that 
stealing the spot from somebody else. Now that yeah. I'm looking at it. Like, Spider-Man I, 2, yes. Yeah, yes. I feel like somebody else should be there, like Hi-Fi Rush or Sea of Stars or whatever else. That's the one. That's the one I did, I, did I mess this up? What did you mess up? What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Damn. What happened? Oh, no, I'm stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oops. Um, all right, so game of the year. Uh, I'm going to say Tears of the Kingdom because fuck it, that game's great. Mm-hmm. I still haven't beaten it, but I'll beat it one day soon, hopefully. Uh, Alan Wake 2, I still have five hours in, but I'm sure that game's banging as well. Resident Evil 4, I feel like that's a personal high mark for me. I know, you know, it it didn't get tens or whatever, but that's a very good game for me. Uh so shout out to that as well. TOTK, you said? Yes. Tears of the Kingdom. Nobody has rallied around a game this year quite like people have with Larian Studios' Baldur's Gate 3. I think that game embodies what it means to be a, a proper like S-tier kind of upper echelon video game that like really anyone can kind of get into. One that is like enthralling, one that really captured everyone that like tried it. Most everyone that tried it. And like it is very hard to find a single criticism really of that game at all. It is very impressive what Larian has come together. So I am going to say the game of the year, I think this is the one where everyone agrees Baldur's Gate 3 is probably the cream of the crop. Does everyone agree? Dan didn't agree technically. No, no, I was just waiting for... Oh, I do. I do agree with with what Christian said. I do think that Baldur's Gate 3 is is Gate 3 is going to win um, for the same reasons. Like, people who weren't even into Dungeon Dragon were interested to give it a shot. Um... Yeah, I feel like everybody was talking about that game for so many different reasons. All positive, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to go Baldur's Gate 3. I want Tears of the Kingdom to win. I think there's a, a universe, a very likely universe, where it does. Um, so I don't think Dan was wrong for choosing it at all. But I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going gonna, is gonna to win. Tears of the Kingdom gets my vote, though. In, in a different world where I wasn't trying to choose to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, that is going to do it for us then. We'll be streaming uh, live reactions to the Game Awards tomorrow at... You're listening to... 8 p.m. Eastern? Is that right? When does the show start? I don't even know. Anyway, (laughs) tune in next week to get... uh, Yeah, tune in next week to get a rundown of all the reveals and uh, a list of all the winners and we can see who... I got everything right based on our predictions. We'll have all that and more on our topic of the show next week. Yes? What's up? I just wanted to also mention that Gage also wanted to say Baldur's Gate 3 was his game of the year. It's his choice as well for anybody who's... For his, for his yeah. prediction, at least. Okay. Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your pods. Well, next time, thank you, Roshan. Thank you, me, uh, Gage. Hope you're relaxing, buddy. That's Daniel. And this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. What is your game of the year? <laughs>